You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Here we don't get the full effect of the emotional state of Jesus when he prays this prayer, <clears throat> but I think he's full of joy. I think he's absolutely thrilled. Earlier, in, at the end of chapter 9, he's, he's telling the disciples, look to the fields, they're white unto harvest, pray for the Lord to send forth laborers into the harvest field. And then he sends them out, and they go out, and they minister. And then there's this teaching that goes on through chapter 10 and 11 uh, of all the different woes, uh, the, the dynamic about John the Baptist and who he was. And, and as, as he's going, he, the, the theme is, is believing what he has said. What he has said. Hmm. And so he is, he comes through, he, he's with the woes, and, and he's talking about, he's talking about the ability to believe. And he talks about the places where he went and visited and he did all these miracles, and yet they didn't believe. And he likens it to some of the Old Testament cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, with some of the cities that we consider to be the most sinful Gentile cities ever. And here the Lord says, if those works had been done there, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. And it's like, whoa, what's the Lord saying? So it's, it's, it's in the midst of, of an event of woes to the cities who did not believe who he was based on what he did that he goes into this prayer. I think Luke will clarify this for us even more. He's, he's there in this ecstatic expression. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because. Okay, what's, what's the foundation? What is, what is it that's causing him to praise the Father, <laughs> the Lord of heaven and earth? He says, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned. Hmm. To the proud, to the know-it-alls, as Eugene Peterson translates it, to, to, the, to the ones who, who think that they are superior, the kingdom is an inverted reality. You have revealed them to little children. Wow. Disciples are the little children. And all of us who, like childlike faith, trust in the words that Jesus says, we trust and believe we're like little children. Now, a lot of times we don't like to be childish. We don't want to be called a child. Uh, I've got three granddaughters staying at my house right now, and it's like, yeah, the little one doesn't mind being called a child, but the oldest one, nah, they're not really, she's not really too excited about being called a child. And matter of fact, when we go to the restaurant, she tries to order off the adult menu, costing Papa more money. So it's like, yeah, but she is growing. But here, child is, is, is like when Jesus takes the child amongst the people, and especially his disciples, and he sets and he says, unless you receive the kingdom as a little child. And there's something 
there's a place in my heart where I don't want to be considered a child, and there's a place in my heart where I think, man, I want to be considered a child. I want to be childlike in my trust and in my faith. And when I hear Jesus say something, I just believe it. I think my father passed that on to me. My father was a simple man. He was childlike in that when he sensed that the Lord said something, it was a done deal for him. He just accepted it by faith and acted on it. And so he lived an engaged life based on the things that he believed that the Lord had said. I love that. So it's like here in the, in the context of kingdom woes is an admonition to, to really believe and to be like a child. And that's what causes Jesus to give praise. He goes on in the next verse. He says, all things have been committed to me by my father. All things. Do you realize that everything lies under the jurisdiction of the Lord Jesus? He has absolute authority over all things. He says, no one knows the son except the father. Only he knows the father in the intimate way that we want to know the father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. So there's this dynamic of of the intimate relationship of the Father and the Son that we get to be included in. Because in the next sentence he says, and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Has the Son chosen you to reveal the Father to Well, we got one. Uh, There's more that he wants to reveal his father to. And I, I just love this whole thing. We find that the very foundation of everything that Jesus did was on his intimate knowing of the father and the father's intimate knowing of the son. And we find that the foundation of the son's relationship with us is his intimate relationship and the things that he knows about us. And he invites us to know about him. Because when we learn who he is, we learn who the father is. He is the exact representation of the father. Why? Because of oneness. We looked at that at the end of John 17. Part of oneness is that Christ is in the Father, and the Father is in the Son, and the Son is in us. And so the same love that the Father has for the Son, He has for us. Sorry, I preached that last week. I still can't get away from it because it's just so good to realize. Because what happens most of the time? Here's the thing with religion. Religion, we're always trying to earn Father's love. We're trying to earn His acceptance. We're doing stuff or performing or we're trying somehow to secure for us the love that Jesus has already released to us through our knowledge of him. Now for a prayer that sounds very similar. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. That's why I think Jesus was full of joy even in Matthew. 
because he says the exact same thing. Said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. It's exactly the same, except for the context of joy of the Holy Spirit. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you did see, but did not, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Wow. It's the same prayer. It's the exact same prayer. The same moment of praise. Have you ever prayed the same prayer? I have. So it could be this, the, the two recorders are taking the same prayer and they're putting it in different places of their gospel. Or it could be that Jesus prayed that prayer regularly or often and that he came and he prayed. I think it's something that goes to the heart of the Lord Jesus that he loves the way the Father has ordered relationship within his kingdom, how he's ordered kingdom realities. If you think that you know it all, guess what? You're going to miss out. But if you humble yourself and like a little child request understanding and relationship and knowledge, guess what? It, it will happen for you. So as we have the same prayer, the context of Luke, at the beginning of chapter 10, he sends out the 72 and he tells them how to go about, what to take, what not to take, what to do when they go to a place and if there's peace, relieve the peace. If, if there's rejection, shake off the sandal, the dust off your sandals and move on. And he tells them to, to bring the kingdom, to bring the kingdom. I think one of the reasons why Jesus is so full of joy is, is what took place on that ministry that the disciples went out and did, the 72 went out and did. Here's what happens in the context earlier in verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Can, can you catch this picture? They've been with Jesus now for a good, good period of time. They've watched Jesus take authority over the demonic. They saw Jesus heal the leper. They saw Jesus restore light, uh, sight to the blind. They saw Jesus return hearing to the deaf. He saw Jesus do all these things of people that were in bondage to the kingdom of darkness and now Jesus gives them authority in his name to go out and do it. And they come back and they say, it works. It works. I can't believe it. We had this guy that was demon possessed and we said, come out in Jesus name. And the demon came out and we told it to get out of here. And it left. And Jesus is, is hearing them just share the thrill of seeing kingdom authority exercised in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. That's really exciting. 
When you have someone and you've been trying to teach them and train them and expose them, and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're afraid, you know, you take them through evangelism training, and here's the, the Romans road, and here's the uh, steps to peace with God, and here's the four spiritual laws, and you got them all tooled up and all this kind of stuff, but they, they're just too afraid to go out. But Jesus and his wisdom sends them out two by two. Have you ever noticed how much easier it is when you've got another person that's going out on a ministry opportunity and you're with someone? Oh man, you feed off each other's faith <laughs> or fear, <laughs> but hopefully it's faith and we, and we go. And that's why sometimes we'll, we'll put one that's got more experience with one who's a novice and send them out. And here Jesus is seeing them all come back and they're all excited because why? He's been teaching about the kingdom. He's been demonstrating the kingdom. He's been modeling the kingdom. He knows that he's going to be leaving and it's up to them to take and activate the kingdom. And they come back and they say, this is amazing. Even the demons, even the demons submit in your name. I don't know about you. I've read the scripture. I've gone to seminary, done all of this stuff. And not one time in seminary did they take us out on an assignment to drive out demons. We, we, never, we never went out and said, okay, we have some demon-possessed people over here. Go over there and release the name of Jesus and, and watch that happen. I was in a very holy denomination, so I figured there probably wouldn't be any demons that I would ever come across uh, throughout my my ministry in the church. So I remember the first time that a demon spoke to me through another human being that was in counseling because she was having trouble with her teenage son. And all of a sudden, a voice that wasn't her voice came out of her. And the hair on my arms just went straight up. And I thought, Oh, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. What is this? What is this? And so the Holy Spirit led and, and I took authority and she was set free. And it was just like, and guess what? I was just like the disciples. Man. I come back, I'm, I go back to Jesus. I say, you won't believe what just happened. It was so cool. I, I took the authority that has been given to me and I used it and exercised it. And guess what? The demons submit to your name. And it's like, oh, that was, that was something new in my experience. But it's, it's been in here for years. What Jesus with his disciples that I think we see here that, that brings the full joy is they get it. They've seen him do it. They, they receive the authority in his name as he has re released it to them. And they engage reality based on the authority that Jesus has extended to them in his name. And they are experiencing, they're like little kids. This is so much fun. Why? Because up until that point, the demonic realm, the, the realm of darkness, always influence 
their reality, and it dictated to them what they were going to do and whether they would be filled with fear and anxiety, what would go on. And now they just, they had a kingdom breakthrough. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth and now the order has shifted where Satan and his kingdom of darkness had ruled within the emotional life, the relational life, the physical life, the spiritual life. They're realizing that there's now power in the name of Jesus and the authority that he's given. And so they begin to engage living, believing that heaven has come to earth, that the kingdom has been inaugurated. It has started and they release it. That's pretty exciting. Just think back to the first time that you led somebody to Jesus. I hope you can remember an event is there anything more exciting and more than when the Lord uses you to present the plan of salvation and an introduction to Jesus and the person's heart is just longing? Sometimes I, I've likened some of my encounters in leading people to Christ is I'm going fishing to be fishers of men and it's like I put my boat in the lake and as I get a little bit away from shore, the fish start jumping in the boat. And I thought, man, I didn't even have to figure out which lure to use and how to, how to work it and all this. No. But when you lead them and they pray and you see the tears and the freedom and the, the guilt and, and, and the weight of condemnation and sin released off of them, what's that do? It gives you great joy. If you haven't led anybody to Jesus this year, I'd put that as one of your top tens before the year's over. Lord, I want to lead another person to you this year and to love them and disciple them and see them grow. Anybody want to take a, let's, let's do that. I think that's so cool. The, the other thing, the kingdom, the kingdom comes in, in just little ways too, all the, all the different ways. But it's when we, be, when we receive the authority that Jesus has given to us and we believe it and we engage our reality on that faith, Things change. Things happen. The supernatural takes place. So much so now that, you know, if somebody says they got endometriosis, my faith goes right out the roof. I've never, never, ever have seen God not heal endometriosis. It, it, it happens every time. First, first time I prayed for someone and there was a healing, she had endometriosis. Now she's got three kids doing wonderful. And it's just like, Oh, that, when you have your first experience in any of the realms, it, it builds and it builds and it builds and you start to grow like the disciples. This was their first trip. They had some success. They're all excited that the demons submit. But then we wait till the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter two and they look just like Jesus. They've grown, they've seen, they've witnessed, they've heard, they've, they, and then they begin to act and they continue right on with the very ministry of Jesus. It's like, whoa. Now, one of the things that I'm concerned about today is that we're all at different places. And the enemy will say, well, you're not doing that, so you, you must not even be saved. No, that's not it. We're growing. We're all in a process. We're developing. The key is just keep your intimacy. It's in the knowing of him 
that we know the Father, and in the knowing of Jesus and the Father, the knowing of the Spirit, we continue to grow and develop, and then we start to see kingdom realities manifest more frequently here on earth, because this is a takeover operation. A lot of us think that this is the Lord's going to give up on the planet. He's just going to burn it and throw it away. and all. I don't know exactly how he's going to purify it, but I think it's going to, a good way could be through us, us being light and salt, us releasing the fire of the Holy Spirit and seeing revival and seeing things transform in, at every level. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Don't know how he's going to do it. He can do it any way he wants. I'm all for it. But let's take seriously on earth as it is in heaven. That's the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray. On earth as it is in heaven. And so let's, let's take that seriously. So, first time I ever saw a marriage that was going down the toilet... And the Lord used me and gave me wisdom and gave me the ability to speak into that and, and it, it got restored. Matter of fact, it got so restored that they couldn't believe that God ever intended marriage to be this glorious because they had settled so early in the relationship that they didn't know. So, so much so, if, if I have a, a couple that comes through my doors in my office, now, I don't care how bad their relationship is, there is faith. There is absolute faith for full restoration every time. And I've seen it over and over and over. And it's just like, and part of it is, you know, this is going to sound weird. I know he loves me. I know that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit loves me and they're not going to waste my time. I don't care how bad the situation is, when they come through my door, I automatically assume here's a divine assignment. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wants to totally, completely, supernaturally reconcile this, this relationship. And I get excited. I believe it. I've just seen it happen too many times. Has it happened every time? No. But it's happened a lot, much more. My, my, my percentage of watching the Lord do something miraculous there is just, and I delight it. I get so filled with joy when I see people loving themselves the way God ordained them to love one another. So I love it. So Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Mm. This is why Jesus is full of joy when he prays this prayer, praise to the Lord Jesus, because he just saw, finally, we're seeing the kingdom of God come to planet Earth. I have given you authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Thank you, Jesus. Thine Almighty. Wow. Do you hear that? How can he manipulate your emotions about an election when he speaks something this powerful to your spirit that there's nothing that the evil one can do? You have authority. I don't know exactly how all that washes out, but I'm just saying, if you find yourself in a place of fear, 
come back and understand who you are and who is in you. <laughs> However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I think that's a reality that we really need to understand. What does that mean? What does it mean that your name is written in heaven? A lot of times we, we get fearful. We're not sure if we're, if we're really sanctified enough to make it to heaven. We think that heaven may have different elite memberships. And I want to be a gold member. I don't want to just come in you know, as a silver. I, I want to be a platinum or, or something like that. And, and so we have all these things. And, and the enemy will feed religion to us. And it's amazing how much we enjoy eating from the trough of religion. But as, as we come into relational dynamic with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, the religious stuff just doesn't, doesn't measure. And, and the thing that keeps us from doing kingdom life and seeing kingdom manifestations on planet Earth, oftentimes because we don't realize. We don't realize it's... It's the authority that he's given and that our names are written in heaven. There is a tenacity that you see in a believer who knows that their name and their eternal life has begun and will continue to, will continue to, to process even through the transition of death. So death isn't, death isn't, you know, you might die if you do this. Well, glory. You know, it, it, it's like, okay. So somehow we think that, that the proof of the kingdom is that we live here for a long, long time. Now there is a blessing about longevity. No doubt about it. Ada Margaret is exhibit A. And uh, we, we thank God for longevity. But at the same time, if you're following him and it takes you to an early transition, if we understand that our names are written in heaven, I think that changes the way we perceive that reality. So privately, he, he pulls them across. And he says, blessed are they because they get to see what they've seen. And they've got to hear what they've heard. The implication here in this passage is that you are blessed because you've heard what I've had to say. You've watched how I've lived and what I've done to the point that you believe it and receive it and receive the authority to go and do the very same thing that I have been doing. That's what makes what we see and what we hear blessed. When we, when we realize it and we take it in and it becomes part of us and now we engage our reality based on that foundation of kingdom truth and kingdom life. He shares to the crowd in Matthew, different than Luke. Luke, 
he grabs his boys and he, he speaks privately and he says, you're blessed to have seen and heard. In Matthew, he's speaking to the whole crowd as, as they're, they're hearing the woes and, and all the things about the unbelieving cities that didn't respond to the miracles and didn't believe Jesus. And he says, are, are you just tired? This is how the Passion puts it in Matthew. Then Jesus exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead, you have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan delights your heart as you have chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father, and no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to unveil the Father to anyone he chooses. <laughs> choose me, choose me. Are you weary? This is what he speaks in Matthew to the crowd. Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. No condemnation. If, if you're weary, come. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. Oh, that just got sideways in somebody's religious. Every time I try to please the Lord, it's like I'm not doing enough. There's always something else. Jesus is speaking. He says, easy to please. Hmm. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to hear, easy to bear. Mm. Love that. And I would get a, an email or a rebuke from my beloved friend, Mike Mulvaney, if I didn't go to the message translation, which we love. Listen to, listen to this invitation to the crowd and hear it as an invitation to you from Jesus. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. Mm. As the worship team uh, prepares to come, let's take out our elements.
as we prepare to receive the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus from the passage of both Matthew and Luke today, we realize that Jesus is inviting us to receive a revelation of the Father. And I would say where sometimes our revelation of God has been within the filter of religion, I believe that today the, the filter of religion is being released and Jesus wants us to receive a revelation of the Father straight from his heart to ours. I believe it's an invitation to believe, to believe that the things that Jesus did and the things that he said when he released authority to us to do them, I think it's a time for us to take that seriously and engage our realities with the manifestations of the kingdom. And I believe today it's a, it's a day to thank the Lord for the blessing to have been so privileged to hear and to see the things that we've heard and seen. And if you haven't seen enough, it's time to say, Lord, I wanna see more. I wanna see more. So we take the bread. We say, you are the bread of life. You're the giver of every good and perfect gift. <laughs> and if we ask you for bread, you're not gonna give us a snake. And so we receive this bread with thanksgiving and we say, Lord Jesus, live in us. As you are in us and we are in you, we take and eat with thanksgiving. There's so much in the blood of Jesus. Mm. Would you like to receive the full manifest benefit of the blood of Jesus on your life? Lord, I pray that from heaven to earth there would be the sprinkling of the blood of the Lamb. And we take your blood, Lord Jesus, and we acknowledge you are our life. We take and drink in remembrance of you. As the worship team plays the last song, you just open your heart and receive. Receive the revelation that the, the Lord Jesus wants you to have of the Father. Where the enemy has been able to take earthly fathers and make heavenly fathers scary and huh, fearful, let there be a fresh revelation of who the Father truly is today. Let the Holy Spirit pour out a a grace to truly believe that we have been receptive of the grace and the anointing and the authority of the Lord Jesus himself to live like he lived when he walked on the earth. And let us eternally be grateful for the things we've been privileged to hear, see, and participate in. Let's stand as we sing. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.